for this morning. I, oh, yes, I'm not going to be too long. I, I'm just as an introduction. I got so much in me this morning, but, but, but I, I want to just whet your appetite. Not speaking loud and clear. How many you know, if there was ever a time that God was speaking to the church, it was certainly speaking to the church in 2020. You know, we, we God was giving what I call a, a, a loud and a clear call. He was calling us to once again to make his mission our mission, and that is to go and make disciples. You know, listen to me. I'm reading Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Aren't you glad that God has all authority? See, so many people are worried about who's in the White House. Isn't it it's sad? Listen, it doesn't matter so much who's in the White House. It matters who's on the throne of God's house. And I want you to know Jesus said, all authority has been given to me. He rules over every king. So many people are shaken by who's in the White House, who's in authority. But I want you to know what really matters is the fact that God is in control. God says, I'm the king of kings and the Lord of lords. If he has all authority, what that means? All authority has been given unto me in heaven and on earth. Aren't you glad that God has authority on earth? Aren't you glad he still rules? Come on, he's still, he's still ruling and reigning in the affairs of men. Don't you understand that, 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 people, that God has a way of turning things to accomplish his will? That's why you can't be shaken. You can't be moved. That's why I shared on New Year's Eve night, you can't uh, be given the fear. You got to choose faith over fear. God said all these things would happen, but do not panic. Do not fear. Look at somebody and say, don't panic. Come on, don't fear. I want you to know that why, why we don't have to panic. Because all authority has been given unto me in heaven and on earth. I'm so glad that he's still ruling. Come on, he's still ruling. Listen, and this is what he tells us. Therefore, go. How many know what that means in Greek? How many know what it means in Spanish? How many know what it means in Hebrew? Y'all a smart church. Come on. Say go. Two-thirds of God's name is go. Say go. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. The year of 2020 was certainly a year where God, what I called reset, God redirected, God rebooted what his purpose is and his plan is for the church. When we look at the church today, come on, I'm just talking about the church at whole, the church in America. When people say the church, here's the reality. The reality is we've made churchgoers rather than Christ followers. We made consumers rather than contributors. We reduced Christianity to what we do on Sunday between 10 and 11 rather than what we do on Monday and the rest of the week. Can I have an amen? We focus on our buildings rather than the people who Jesus bled and died for. 
We've allowed political, cultural, and even racial agendas to usurp God's agenda. I believe that would grieve God more than anything. That today when people often think of the church, often they equate it with some political party rather than the kingdom of heaven. We've made the message more about what I can get and perverted the central message of the gospel where Jesus said, come and deny yourself. Take up your cross and follow me. And so as a result, like when your computer and your phone don't work, what you do, you turn it off so you can reset it. God said, okay, y'all not getting the message. Y'all made what, it, what, my, what my mission is, everything other than what I intended. So he said, you know what I'm going to do in 2020? I'm going to shut it off. When we look at the and as a result, when we look at the church, because we've made his mission everything other than what he intended it, the church today is often seen as powerless and lacks very, and, and, and no longer reflects the one we say we follow. And so as a result, 2020 was a year where God allowed a COVID-19 pandemic to shut down every church in America. Every entertainment venue, every workplace. God said, I'm going to cause a complete reset. Listen, in other words, God said, I'm going to get you to focus back on what I really intended. You know, God has a way of disrupting I don't, we, none of us like disruption. Anybody like when, when your whole life is disrupted? But in 2020, God said, I'm going to disrupt everything to get you back focused on the main thing. And so I want to just define what is a disciple. A disciple is first and foremost a believer in Jesus Christ who embraces the process, say the process, of learning to live all of life under the submission of Jesus Christ. Come on, say that. Maybe. Say a disciple. Come on. A disciple is a believer in Jesus Christ who embraces the process. Come on, embraces the process. That means it's not a one-time thing. It's not a decision. You come to an altar and you become a disciple. No, it's a process where we embrace the process of learning. Say learning how to live all of life. My work life, my family life, my marriage life, my, my church life. I bring every area of my life under the lordship, the control, and the submission to Jesus Christ. So that his will become my will. Where his agenda become my agenda. A kingdom disciple is one who reflects heaven's values on earth. One who, like Paul said, who seeks to conform his whole life. In other words, a kingdom disciple is one who looks and acts like Jesus. Jesus tells us three things that are involved 
and making disciples. The first one he said, we must be willing to go. Say go. We must be willing to go where people are hurting. Listen, in other words, as kingdom disciples, we are called to bring heaven solutions to earth problems. I'm going to say that once again. We're called to bring heaven solutions to the earth's problems. In other words, in a world where there's people are hurting, in a world where there's chaos, in a world where, where people are, are, are broken and, and, and lost and confusion, God is still saying, isn't it amazing? Now listen, I didn't talk, my mama don't know what I'm preaching on, but she quoted verbatim in a word of prophecy what I put in my lesson today is because God has a way of confirming listen what he said to Isaiah then I heard the voice of God saying the, the voice of God of the Lord saying whom shall I send and who will go for us and I said here am I send me what does it mean to be a disciple? It means to be willing to be God's representation in the earth. God, when, when, when God looked down on the nation of Israel and they were in chaos and they were in confusion and they were hurting, God said, who can go for me? Who will go speak for me? Who will go represent me? And Isaiah said, Lord, here am I send me i want you to know when god looked down on america today when god looked down on our world today and he sees our world broken he sees our world under a pandemic he sees so many people are fearful he sees so many people are confused he sees so many people are hurting he sees so many people are living their lives away from and far from him he looks and says the same thing who will go for me who can i send why because we alone have the solution to the world's problem. People don't know how to fix their broken lives. They don't know how to fix their broken home. They don't know how to fix their broken community, their broken life. Listen to me. It's only the gospel. And God is looking for representatives, people who conform, who submitted themselves to his lordship, who submitted themselves to his rule and reign. And as a result of his rule and reign, listen, the Bible says the kingdom of God is not meat and drink but it's righteousness it's peace it's joy in the holy spirit i want you to know that something happens when we come under the lordship of christ we begin to experience his power we begin to experience his character we begin to experience his peace it's a contradiction when a christian who said they submitted to christ and don't live in peace the problem is, that's where we've happened. The problem is, listen, I'm getting ahead of myself. But you see, the problem is, we've said we're followers of Christ, but we've not submitted to his lordship. No, no wonder there's chaos. No wonder there's chaos in the home. No wonder there's chaos in the family. No wonder there's chaos in the school. No wonder there's chaos in a, because we have no longer submitted to his lordship. But a real disciple is one who say, Lord, here am I. Send me. And I want you to know that in 2020, God shut down the church building for a reason. Whenever we see in history, God said, listen, you won't go, so I'll get you out of the building into the world. Isn't it amazing that as a result of the church building being closed, millions of people all of a sudden begin to tune in. Many millions of people begin to hear God. God said, listen, if, if you won't go, I'll shut the building down to get my gospel because this gospel of the kingdom 
must be preached in all the world. Somebody give God a praise. Listen, tell me, God, let me just say, I'm telling you here, if you won't obey, God has a way of shutting everything down to get you and I to obey. We see an example in the book of Acts. You know, Jesus told him, listen, you ought to go to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. But we see in Acts chapter 8, the church began to get comfortable. The church began to get, they began to, what I call, live in a holy huddles. Just like so much of the church today. God says, listen, you're to be out in the game. What is the purpose of coming to church? We need a huddle. We need to find out what's the playbook. We need to get the, the strategy of God. But how many you know the purpose of a huddle is so we can go out there and play the game? But some of us get stuck in the huddle. And in Acts chapter 8, the church got stuck in the huddle. How many of you know it's comfortable in the huddle? You don't have to worry about nobody hitting you in the huddle. You don't have to worry about taking no bruises in the huddle. We can get awfully comfortable in the huddle. But you didn't get, God didn't save you to stay in the huddle. He saved you to get in the game. And the church was getting comfortable in Jerusalem. And so God said, if you won't go, I know what I'll do. I'll raise up persecution. I'll get you out of the huddle. And so in Acts chapter 1, I'm reading Acts chapter 1, verse 4. And Saul was there giving approval to his death. On that day, a great persecution broke out against the church at Jerusalem. We're going to look back and say, on that day in 2020, a pandemic broke out against the church in America and in the world. I want you to know, God was saying, listen to what he said, a persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem and all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria and those who had been scattered preached the word everywhere preach wherever they went i want you to know that this is one of the most exciting things god said listen if you won't go i'll shut everything down to get you out of the building because stay down we get comfortable in the huddle but how you know church is not where i go church is who i am come on say say church is not where i go come on say church is not where i go it's who i am you are the church. You are the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. We've been given, we've been called to be ambassadors. We've been called to, we got the answer that can heal the world. We got the message that can change the world. The Bible said this gospel of the kingdom is to be preached in all the world. And then the end will come. God says that he's not coming. Don't look up. You need to look out. So many people are, well, when Jesus is coming, no. Listen, he said, I'm, I'm going to come when you do the job. Can I have an Amen. And the first part of you and I being a disciple is learning and being willing to go. I want you to know that God's saying to you and I, hear me clearly. One of the greatest tragedies that could happen is if we go back and settle to what we used to be. I'm going to say that one more time. Some of you, oh, I wish thing we get back to normal. Oh, I tell you, I, I, I pray we never get back to normal. I pray, I pray we, listen to me, I'm praying, come on, God, if you got to shut it down forever, come on, God, whatever you got to do to get us to obey you, come on, God, do whatever you want. So many people are worried. See, when we want comfort, but God wants obedience. Can I have an amen? And I want you to know that hear me carefully. I know this from the Lord. 
one of the, what would be the greatest tragedy is after the wor world's worst pandemic in a hundred years, we go back to normal. We go back to going to church. We go back to making church where I go rather than who I am. God has called every one of you, every one of you, and here you need to hear, just like he said to Isaiah, who will go for me and who can I send? God is saying, who will go? Who can I send? If God saved you, I want you to know that you got something to tell. I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but last Sunday, Edmund Glenn, Edmund, you, Edmund, raise your hand right there. That's my brother, Edmund. Edmund was sharing his testimony. Edmund worked most of all his life in construction work. In his own words, he chased wine, women, and song. He said, I was out that bad. He was so wild out, that was his word. He was on drugs. He was doing, he was doing it all. And he said, but he came to Jesus. I want you to know, how you know when you if if you really got Jesus? Come on, something changes. Somebody say amen. How many you really got Jesus? See, we, we got a generation of church. This is what I'm so afraid of that we we giving our young people an inoculation of Christianity. You know what an inoculation is? It's like that COVID vaccine. It just gives you just enough to keep you from getting the real thing. We got so many people who got just enough of Christianity to keep them from getting the real thing. God forbid if we give our young people an inoculation. Come on, they need the real thing. Can I have an amen? But Edmund was telling his story. He said, man, when he started going to work and reading his Bible, and he no longer was doing the things he do. He said, all of a sudden, he got the attention. Come on, I want you to know that nothing will get the world's attention when you no longer act like the world. Can I have an amen? When you stop acting like the world, the world wakes up and says, something's different about your life. When everybody's living in fear and you living in peace, they got to know something's different. When everybody's frowning and you got the joy of the Lord, they know something's different about your life. Because why? When the kingdom of God come it brings righteousness you no longer live contrary to God now you live right with God anybody living right with God we need a generation who will live right with God anybody living right with God one of the tragedies of this current church is that we've accepted so much unrightness unrighteousness Righteousness means to live right with God and right with others. When God comes, he makes us right with him and right with others. That's why you can't be right with God and hate people. Can I have an amen? That's why it's an indictment against Jesus when we say we're right with God and we don't like people of a different color. It ain't the same Jesus. Can I have an amen? Something changed when the kingdom come. He makes us right with him. And he makes us right with others. I want to love somebody. Listen to me. Before Christ came, I wanted to hurt somebody. But when Jesus came, I want to love somebody. Anybody beside me want to love somebody? That's what Jesus does. Because when he comes, when the kingdom comes, it changes everything. And just like in Edmund's life, when he got born again, he got right with God. And he got right with others. And people took note. And he was sharing with me how a young man on his job, because he saw what God did in his life, how he gave his life to Jesus. Isn't that exciting? Come on, let's thank God for that. 
Secondly, I got to finish quick. I told you this is just introduction. But listen, if we're going to be kingdom disciples, Jesus said not only go, but he said baptize them. Now, one of the most misunderstood principles in all of Christendom is this understand of baptism. People come to me all the time. Will you baptize my kid? You know, they, they never been baptized. Oh, I, I want you to baptize. They don't even know the meaning of baptism. And we got a whole generation. We got people who sit out in the church. They've never been baptized. They say they're followers of Jesus, but they've never been baptized. And, and listen to me. Hear me carefully. I've got adults here. You got maybe baptized when you or sprinkled when you was a baby, but you've never once embraced what it really means to be baptized. So I'm going to tell you what it means listen to me because here's the central focus of the gospel the central message of the gospel is the death the burial and the resurrection of Jesus and when Jesus said come go and go and baptize them, he said go and help them identify say identify with me identify with my death identify with my burial identify with my resurrection listen Jesus in Matthew chapter 8 verses 34 then he called the crowd to him along with his disciples see a lot of people come to God until they find out what it costs I'm gonna say that again a lot of people will run after God until they find out what it costs and we this is why we've made Christianity something other you know I, we, we got this generation, I got to do me. We got commercial, oh, you got to do me. Oh, oh listen, listen to me, I got to do me. And we want to live for self. But Jesus said, no, you got to die to self. Listen, to, if you hold on to your life, you're going to lose it. And the most miserable people in all the world are people who are trying to do me. Because the more you do you, the more you lose your life. I'm going to read it verbatim. Matthew, Mark's Gospel, 34, verses 38. Then he called the crowd to him along with his disciples, and he said, If anyone, what does that mean in your Bible? What does it mean? What do you think it means in Greek? Boy, y'all some smart people. Anyone, listen, if any, that means everyone. He's talking to all. If anyone want to come after me, he must cater to himself he must focus on feeding himself and having good self-esteem he must seek to what let's read it if anyone come after me he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me Listen, for whoever wants to save his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life for me and for the gospel will save it. In order for a person to become fully alive, they must first be willing to die to self. This is what baptism is all about. You can't find God's purpose for your life when you're busy pursuing your own. The problem with modern Christianity is that we've taught people that you can come to Christ and you can hold on to your life. It's a lie. It's a lie. Jesus said, if you're going to come after me, you got to deny yourself. you got to take up your cross. Jesus said, go and baptize. Listen, the primary meaning of baptism is identifying with the death, 
the burial and the resurrection of Jesus. If another parent want to come ask to me about baptizing their children and they're not even born again, listen, I'm going to tell you, listen, encouraging your children to get baptized when they don't even know the meaning is giving them a false hope. You know, we got people who, who walk around our community. Are you saved? Oh, well, I was baptized when I was 12. Are you, are, are you, you say? well, I was baptized when I was five? No, I didn't ask you, are you saved? Do you, are you a follower of Christ? Well, I was baptized in 1999. No, no, it's not. It has nothing, listen to me. Baptism is only the symbol, an outward expression of an inward experience. How many married people I got in here? Raise your hand. Some of you are afraid to raise. How many married people? Raise your hand. If you're afraid to raise your hand, somebody slap them. How many married people got your ring on? Raise your hand. Okay. Y'all understand the purpose of this wedding ring is, is not, the, the ring is not the, the marriage. It's only a symbol to say that I made a commitment to this woman to love her, to cherish her in the good times and in the bad, in sickness and in health, for richer or poorer, till death do us part. The ring is only a symbol. The ring is not the marriage. It's only a symbol that I'm married. Some of you are afraid to wear your ring. God, that's right, Slim Slim. Say, I got mine on. <laughs> we got to generate. We, listen to me. I want to I say, some of you are afraid to wear your ring because you don't want people to know that you're in a committed relationship. You want people to think, oh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm free. I'm, you, don't, you don't want people to know that you done died to your life and you done pledged your life to another. The same is true. Some people don't get baptized because, listen to me, they don't want nobody to know that they died to self. But I want you to know the purpose of baptism is a symbol where we say, I've died to my old life. And just like Christ rose from the grave, I, too, choose to live a new life. It's a symbol. But every believer should come to a place. And we need to encourage people. What it really means to identify with Christ is that you deny self. The fact that we got a generation, listen, who, you know, I, I believe that 2020 was the death to consumer Christianity. A whole generation who all it is all about me, what I can get, what you can do for me, my best life now, my this and that. Oh, no, listen, they ain't got nothing to do with the gospel. Jesus said, listen, if you want to follow me, you got to come and die. Die to yourself. Die to your way of living. Die to what you want. Because when you die, that's when you find out what you're really here for. Somebody say amen. How many have discovered that that's when you really find life, when you lay down your life? That's when you experience your life. Marriage is just simple. A, a, marriage is, a, is an analogy of Christ's love for the church. For years, my wife and I, marriage was terrible. Worse than terrible. She was plotting to leave. She didn't know I was plotting too. <laughs> Even the chair laughing on that one. Hear me. The problem was I was trying to hold on to myself, my will, my rights, what I wanted. 
And you know what? Long as I held on to my individual right, I should be able to go play ball whenever I feel like it. I should be able to, listen, I work. I should be able to spend any way I want to. And as long as I was holding on to my right, our marriage was dying. But it's amazing thing happened when I finally decided to die to my right, die to my will, and say, Lord, no longer my I pledge my life to another. It's amazing. All of a sudden, when I died to myself, I found myself. That's the way God does it. I was trying to be the head, but when I gave up my rights, my wife gladly said, Neil, I'll submit to you as a leader of our home. No force there, no demanding there, no having to preach. See, because it's an analogy. Marriage is a picture of Christ in the church. God doesn't demand that we follow him. God doesn't demand that we come out. No, he gave himself freely. And that's why he said, listen, listen, he died so that we who live would no longer live for ourselves. Because somebody loved me that way. How many know? I want to give my life to him. I want to sacrifice because Jesus has done everything for me. I want to live for him. Anybody beside me want to live for him. I want to give up everything for him. And that's what marriage is. See, when we give up our rights, and we give up our plan, it's amazing. Listen, my wife and I, we don't, have, uh, we don't have a perfect marriage, but we have a wonderful marriage. We were sitting up last night, 37 years. Man, it's a miracle. It's the grace of God. It's been wonderful. We're our best friends. We love, to sh we, we love doing life together. But you know what was the secret to it? Because we both made a decision to die. And the reason why most marriages fail, because nobody want to die. They want to hold on to their rights. All of you thinking about getting married, you better think twice. It's a call to die. We got a young people. Listen, here's the tragedy. Here's the, here, here's the reality in America. We got millions of people dying to get in, and we got millions dying to get out. <laughs> All you young people who dying to get married, just hang around these married people for a little while. But here, I, I lost my point. <laughs> Let me move on and close, y'all. I, I, you know, here's, here's, here's modern Christianity. I done preached for 35 minutes. Y'all done got to use of it. People don't want to, uh, they don't want to sit in church more than an hour. That's modern Christianity. That's what that, see, they don't, they don't want, they don't want to call. They don't want a, a, a sacrifice. They don't want a commitment. But lastly, here I'm closing because I got two more minutes. <laughs> The third thing Jesus said. <laughs> Come on, y'all don't laugh. Y'all taking up my time. Matthew 22. Teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. Now hear me. I know this by the Lord. God shut down every church and every home. And he forced us to focus once again on our homes. I want to say this. Listen to me. Karina going to like this. Sam and I'm going to like this. It is not 
the job of the children's church pastor, the youth pastor, or any pastor to, to disciple your children. It's your job. I'm going to say something that's going to sh- blow your mind. It is not the school's responsibility to train your children. It's your job. And God said, I'm going to shut every school down to show you. Listen, you've been cussing that teacher. You've been giving that teacher all time. Now listen, I'm going to show you. I'm going to shut that school down. Now you got to deal with them. You've been blaming the teacher. You've been blaming everybody else for your mess. I'm going to shut it down. Now you got to deal with your mess. Somebody say amen. Amen. We got a whole generation. We want to blame when our children don't turn out right. We want to blame the teacher. We want to blame the coach. We want to blame the youth pastor, the children. No, it's your job. Can I have an amen? I want to stand flat-footed and tell every head of household, every parent, it's your job to disciple your family. If they go to hell, it's your fault. Could I have an amen? (laughs) Somebody said, hey, my fault. (laughs) Now listen to me. I I don't want to take something out of context. Understand, I believe that children got a choice. And I believe, listen, but hear me. We have to get away from the fact. Listen, you have a responsibility as a parent to disciple them, to train them. And I want you to know, listen to what Jesus said. You got to teach them to obey everything I've commanded you. Did you hear that? Did you hear that husband? God shut down the church building. I couldn't go to nobody's house. God wants you to pray for your own house. You got to learn how to cast your own devils out. We have gotten so used to uh, 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 this idea that the church is a pastor who do it. No, my job is to equip you. My job is to coach. I'm just a coach to get you encouraged to go out and play the game. It's your job to run the ball. It's your job to score. My job is just to encourage you along the way. Somebody say amen. And I'm telling you, in 2021, God is calling us afresh to realize it's our responsibility to take the job of discipling our own house. The Bible says, and they broke bread from house to house, and they ate their meat with gladness. I want you to know that, listen to me, the reason why God shut everything down, because God wanted you to see what was the state of your house. Y'all want to know what's the state of the church? All you got to do is look at the state of your house. Because a church is made up of household. See, for so long, we thought church is what I do on Sunday, and then I go back to home and there's a mess. No, if you're home a mess, the church a mess. Because you make up the church. Can I have an amen? Come on, let's thank God. I'm finished. I'm finished. I'm finished. I, I know I'm finished. I went two minutes over. Some of you. <laughs> let's close. How many ready to be kingdom disciples? How, how many ready? How many are tired of being a church member and you say, God, I want to be a disciple? Listen, some of you have been waiting for me to give an altar call. Well, well, well Pastor, when are you going to open the doors of the church? No, I, I'm not opening the doors of the church. But if you want to be a part of the kingdom, today is your day. If today you're saying, Pastor, I'm in. I want to be a kingdom disciple. 
I want to be God's representative in the earth. I want to identify with his death, his burial, his resurrection. I'm committed to not only being a disciple, but making disciples, teaching others how to obey him, all the things he commands. I almost afraid to sometimes say if that's you stand up or raise your hand because people start looking around and they see who stand up and then some of you stand up just because you don't want to be seen sitting down. Some of you come up because you worry about what other people going to think if you don't come up. I got leaders who going to come up here because, well, I better come because I don't want to see what the past, I don't want the past say, oh, I didn't come up. You become so religious, afraid to sometimes give all to call because we become so religious when we go through the motion we raise our hand and it means nothing we stand up and it means absolutely nothing we walk an aisle and it means nothing but today if God is speaking to you God is speaking to the whole church. He's calling us to reset. He's calling us to come back to the original mission of making disciples, not church members. And if you're here today and you said, Jesus looked at the crowd he said, if you want to be my disciple, you got to deny yourself. You can't represent me going out there doing you. It grieves me when I look at Christians sometimes on social media and they represent everything other than Jesus. But if you hear the call today and you say, I want to be kingdom disciple. I want to be your disciple. Now I'm going to tell you however you want to do. If you want to kneel, kneel. If you want to stand, stand. If you want to come to this altar, you come to this altar. However you want to do. I'm going to come. If some of you have been saying, listen, I want to be a part of a body of believers that's committed to, to being kingdom disciples. That's what I'm going to be focusing on the rest of the year. I don't want to embarrass you, but however you want to respond, I believe but the key is that we respond. You see, you can't, you, you, the fact that you don't respond saying, well, it's not for me today. But if you're saying, oh, it's for me, I want to respond. That's for you. If however you want to respond, I want to tell you, respond the way you want. Let me pray. Father, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for everyone. Thank you so much. Thank you for responding. Thank you. Thank you so much. God, this is a, a, a holy time. We realize you are speaking to the church today. We realize, you realize that, God, you're calling the church. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. Come on. God, you're speaking to us today. You're calling us back to your original mission, what you always intended, Lord God. It was always in your mind. You wanted people to experience real life. You want us to know you. You want us, you want us to, to God, come on, God. We, the world is looking for kingdom disciples. Our world is in chaos and God is saying, who will go for me? Who can I send? 
They need to see somebody whose family is sane enough to say, God, listen, we ain't perfect, but because we've submitted our lives under the Lordship of Christ, you know what? God, we, we committed to staying together. We committed to loving one another. We commit. See, they, the world needs to see somebody who got, uh, who's sane enough to say, listen, if we're believers, then we ought to look like Jesus. And so, Father, I pray for every person. I pray for every young person. I, I want to say the thing I'm praying for more than anything in 2021 is for this young generation that God, that they would, that they would be the disciples, the church Jesus longed to see. So, Father, I pray for every man, woman, every adult, every youth, every young adult, I pray for everyone on the college campus, everyone on the high school campus. I pray for everyone, Lord, in the schools today. God, you are looking for people to represent you. Lord, I, I pray for every worker. I pray, Lord, for every housewife. I pray, Lord, for every retiree. God, there's no except. Lord, you don't care our age. You don't care our race. You don't care our gender. You're just looking for disciples. And so I pray this morning, Lord, as people have heard the call, the call today, Lord, I pray today, Lord, as we respond, Lord, however you see, as you, you see the response, God, you see the heart, we say, Lord, here am I, send me. Here am I, Lord. Come on, just say, say, here am I, Lord. I'm on all over this place. If you're surrendering today to be a kingdom disciple, say, here am I, Lord. In your own way, just say, God, in your own heart, in your own life. God, you might have been a negligent at, 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 at being a husband, a father in your home. But today you're saying, God, here am I, God, to the beginning of the day. I'm going to be the, the, the leader of my home. I'm going to disciple my family. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to be a passive uh, disciple any longer. God, it starts with me today. It might be a mother, and you've been angry at the school. You've been angry at the teacher. But today, you're hearing the call. God said, it's your job to disciple them. It's your job to teach them. It's your job to teach them my word. And you're saying today, Lord, hear my, hear my, Lord, today. You might be a worker today. And whatever you are today, wherever you are in your walk today, God, I thank you for families that are saying, God, here we are, Lord. And so, Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that today, that, God, you visit every man, woman, every boy, every girl, every young adult, every youth, every single. God, that we will surrender our plans, our agenda to you. Even as Ashley shared, that, God, as we approach this time of prayer and fasting, that, Lord, we're not bringing our agenda, but, Lord, we come in to say, Lord, we want your agenda. So, Lord, in 2021, we say, Lord, we surrender our agendas. We surrender our plan. And we say, Lord, we want your plan. We want your agenda. Let your kingdom come. And let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In our homes, in our lives, in our workplace, in our families in our schools, in our communities, in our nation. We say today, let your kingdom come and your will be done. God, bring the kingdom of God, your peace, your joy, your righteousness, 
to every home, to every heart, to every situation today, in the name of Jesus. I thank you for every heart that said yes to you today. I thank you for every heart that responded in some way today, saying yes to you, Lord, yes to your will. And so, God, today, may our world see the evidence. May we no longer be church goers. Lord, may we now be Christ followers. In Jesus' name, and all God's people say it. Now give God some praise on you.